Hey, welcome to Maison Mission. I'm Kevin, and I'm really glad that you're here tuning in today. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. If you want to learn more about us, check out MaisonMission.com, or you can find some links in the description of this program that'll help you get connected. It's Palm Sunday, and we sent out a message a few days ago asking families to snap some shots of their kids waving palm branches and share them on social media with some specific hashtags. Well, there's something else we want to ask you to do. Hang on to those palm branches and bring them with you to our Easter live service next week. We're going to collect the palm branches and then we burn them for the ashes that we're going to end up using on Ash Wednesday service next year. Um, this is a tradition that a lot of churches practice, and we want to start that practice with you guys. So uh, bring the palm branches to be collected at Easter Live next week. You know, there's a reason that we do house church every second and fourth Sunday of the month. It's not just some happenstance thing that we just kind of pulled out of thin air. It's part of a strategic rhythm that we at Maison have really spent a lot of time thinking and praying through. Our lives are busier and more distracted than ever. Between kids, school, and sports, work, other activities, finding extra time to do church stuff is getting more and more difficult. And we get it. That's one of the reasons why we do things the way that we do at Maison. Our house church communities are so important and so valued by us. This really is the thing that grows healthy community. These small, personal, relational gatherings where we can be known and loved and cared for by others. Um, but if we only have one opportunity a week to get together, we want house church to be one of those opportunities. Not just a, a corporate service. Uh, we'd rather sacrifice that every week to give you guys more opportunity to be together and to build meaningful relationships and connections. So, I want to thank you for being a part of House Church. And if you're watching this and you're not already part of a House Church, start one or join one. Reach out to us and we'll help you get connected. All right, let's pray and quiet our hearts before we jump into the discussion this week. God, we thank you for this, this time together. And we just want to take a deep breath and wait on you before we get started. So if everyone would just quiet their hearts and we're just gonna take one deep breath together. God, it's nice to, to just quiet our ourselves before you, just even in this one short moment. When we slow down, we realize that you are here, that your spirit is moving in our midst, that you are present. And God, we don't have to do anything to be in that. Your presence is already here. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of breathing to realize that you are with us. So God, I thank you that you're here, and I pray that you would make yourself known continually as we continue to discuss and talk here together. Thank you for Maison. Thank you for Jesus. 
Thank you for what we're doing here. Lord, let it be a light that shines in the darkness, that people would see you through all that we do here. We pray in your name. Amen. All right. So back in 2007, the Washington Post staged this great social experiment. There was this world-renowned Grammy Award-winning violinist named Joshua Bell. And he was selling out concert halls for hundreds of dollars a seat. He's, uh, he's played the instrument for over 30 years, and he's recorded over 40 albums. Um, many critics have said that Joshua Bell is one of the most important musicians of our day. Well, what the Washington Post set out to do was to dress down Mr. Bell in a t-shirt and jeans and set him up in a Washington, D.C. subway station as a street musician. The experiment was to see if people would notice that one of the most impressive musicians in the world was in their midst. Would people stop and realize the greatness before them? Or would they walk by and ignore it? Would they leave generous tips matching his worth as a world talent? Or would they simply view him as background music for their daily commute? <laughs> I'll put a link to the video in the description of this program, um, and you can see the results for yourself. But as you might have guessed, not many people stopped to notice this virtuoso. He collected about $53 in tip money, and then later that week, he played to a sold-out concert hall. That's pretty wild stuff. Some people did listen and stop and take notice of the beauty, the skill, the talent. But eventually, even they moved on, realizing they were late to work or needing to move on with their schedule. You know, what was really interesting was the reaction of the children who heard him play. The young children being hurried on by their parents to the next event of the day, uh, they were the ones that were seemingly lost in the wonder and the awe of the performance. You know, wanting to just stay for just a moment longer and take it in. It's almost as if they knew something significant was happening. Well, this sort of sets up what we're going to talk about today. Today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day in the church calendar that marks the beginning of Holy Week, um, the week that leads up to Easter Sunday and the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. You know, Palm Sunday is called Palm Sunday because there's this moment when Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem on a donkey and groups of people are gathered to see Jesus enter the city and they waved palm branches and they shouted, Hosanna, which means Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. But if you look even deeper into the translations and the Hebrew meaning, it's, it's probably closer to, please save us. <laughs> the people around Jesus, um, they said this because they had heard of his miracles and his teachings. They heard about his compassion for the poor and the weak, his flipping over of the systems of oppression and this new way to live, this this kingdom that he keeps talking about that was coming soon. The people were longing for it. You can read the whole story here in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 28 through 44. It says this, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead, 
Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went, found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you, of all people, would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Hmm. In reading this story, it seems that there's a lot of people who have different ideas about what's happening here. Jesus is coming in, being worshipped and exalted for being the hopeful promise to a people who are oppressed and in need of rescue. The disciples are just trying to follow instructions and facilitate the moment. The Pharisees and the religious leaders are freaking out because Jesus' influence is so great that the people are no longer following the rules that they use to keep them in line. And then there's Jesus weeping. As the people cheer him on, Jesus cries because he knows what's about to happen, not just to him. He's sad because he knows that in the not too distant future, this city will be overtaken and the temple destroyed. He knows that it will be because the people didn't recognize him and what he is really there to do. They see Jesus as everything they want but fail to see him for the king that he is and the kingdom that he declares. They see greatness, but they don't recognize Jesus for who he really is. They hear the music, they like it, but they don't know that Jesus really is the greatest performer, the Messiah, the truth, the way, and the life. You know, we're very much the same. Jesus can very quickly become a means to an end rather than the beginning and the end itself. We want to be saved from pain, death, and all sorts of inconveniences. We think that because we do good things that Jesus will do good things for us, when in reality, Jesus has already done all the good things. <laughs> in fact, he's the very definition of good. 
Our fickle hearts bring us in and out of focus to seeing the true Jesus. Yet Jesus is still for us. Jesus is still making ways for us and speaking light into darkness. Jesus has never and will never give up on us. You know, I love the song that we've been singing during our worship times together. It's this song called Faithful to the End. And, and if you would let me, it, it has this lyric, and I just, I just love this lyric. It says, there won't be a day that you're not by my side. There won't be a day that you let me fall. In all of our lives, your love has been true. In all of our lives, we will worship you. I love that. I love that God's love for us is so great and stretches so far, and we can't do anything about it. We can't sabotage or self-destruct things so much that it places us outside of God's love and care for us. So as we enter into our time of discussion, I want to encourage you. As, As Holy Week begins, let's pray and ask God to forgive us for not recognizing Jesus, for who Jesus truly is. And let's lean in to the reality that we're loved far beyond what we could ever imagine. Let's pray together. God, I I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the gift that he is and the life that he led and, 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 and for just the amazing power that he walked in. God, I... I pray that you would forgive us for not recognizing when Jesus is in our midst, for not recognizing when when you're doing the work before us, when your hands are at work, when your voice is speaking. And God, I pray that we as a people would move when you say to move, that we would be obedient to your words, that we would follow your example. And God, um, even this week, as, as we enter into the wonder of this season where you're resurrected, where you're risen back to life, God, I pray that we would claim that life, the life that you freely give, that we would live, that we would truly live in you. God, thanks for Maison. I pray that you would continue to move in our community and draw us closer to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.